0: Welcome to the podcast, Most People Don't, But You Do. This is episode 102, believe it or not. We have interesting stories and conversations about people that go above and beyond, people that are making a difference, people that are taking the leap to start something new, to take that path that is less traveled. Thrilled to be able to share a little bit of information about our guests. My name is Bart Berkey. I'm the CEO and founder of Most People Don't. When you think about taking a leap, when you think about starting something new because you have an idea, many times people are afraid to do that. They're going to stop in their tracks. They're going to freeze. They're going to fly away. They're not going to take action. That is totally not what happened with the founders of A Way Together. I am thrilled to introduce to our show the founders of A Way Together. We have (laughs) Melanie Brewer and John Buchert. Okay. Um, they have started a way together. I've been in conversations because we have a lot of common things and this will just be a wonderful conversation. Let me just pause right there. Melody and John, thank you for spending time to talk with our, at this point, a hundred thousand plus listeners. Thank you.
1: We appreciate the opportunity to be here.
0: Thank you. And good morning. Thanks for having us. If people would happen to recognize your accent as soon as you start talking a little bit more, what would you say your accent is?: Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> North West, Pennsylvania. Yeah, And that's why I'm immediately calmed as soon as I hear both of your voices. Uh, so <laughs> I first had some conversations with John and Melanie about learning what they were doing, and we will certainly get into a way together here momentarily. But because you have started a company and it is no secret that you're married, can you tell us a little bit about what is the thought that goes in with, hey, look, yes, we're married. We're seeing each other all the time, but let's start a business together. Can you share with our listeners what that thought was like?
1: So we we went on vacation, Bart, probably four or five years ago at this point. And beautiful island of Turks and Caicos, seven day vacation, five days was absolutely gorgeous. The other two days, it was a torrential downpour. And John, at the time we weren't married, John looked at me and said, this is really dumb. Why can't we communicate with the really cool people, the other couples, right? That you meet at the swim up bar or the restaurant. So as we thought through this process, inched our way around the crevices or the dark hole that can be entrepreneurship, we spent a year trying to teach ourselves how to code, we, it was a little bit of crawling before you can walk. Yeah, and
2: I think, and I've to the to, to your question, I would say, like, we're bizarre people, which works well for us. But like a typical date night for us is sitting in front, of, in front of a whiteboard with a pizza and a bottle of wine. So we're not, that's us. So when it came to actually sitting down, this is actually growing legs and we can grow this into a business. It was really an easy choice. And how, how did, you, did you two meet?
1: You can say it. <laughs>
2: uh, my background is in law enforcement. So the police department that I that I worked for, the, the area that we serviced, uh, Mel was one of the uh, uh, property managers. It was a college town for the most part. So a lot of apartment buildings. And Mel was one of the property managers. So we would get called there frequently for little things, big things, whatever. And I would
0: always tease her and tell her that she was my favorite slumlord. So uh-huh. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Melanie, do you remember the first encounter with John? Did you have feelings of, oh, this is the guy that I'm going to be dating and I'm going to marry or? It was so
1: funny. We were just talking about this part. My first encounter was a guy who was convinced that somebody stole his pair of socks out of a washing machine in like the community center. And he was getting a little aggressive. So I, I sent John a text uh, of the screenshots and he wrote back saying, Spare me the war and peace. I don't need these novels. It was his sense of humor that attracted me to him.
0: Yeah. Uh, And John, how long on the police force? Uh,
2: Altogether, about 25 years.
0: Okay. And you've since retired? Yes. Yeah. You certainly need to be a special type of person to want to serve and protect. What made you want to get into law enforcement? And then we, of course, are going to get to, I just want to learn about more of your backgrounds, before we get into because it sets up the foundation for what you're pursuing now. So John, what what made you want to get into law enforcement?
2: I I took what a whim, I took a class in college at Penn
0: State. Ironically, we are. We yes, are. we are. We are, yes, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 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 um,
2: and it was a criminology course and I just fell in love with it. And the more I started taking more and more coursework, the more I fell in love with it. And then after my sophomore year, of college, I did an internship, I guess up to that I was my intent was to go to law school. Mm-hmm. But I did a, an internship with the Erie County, Pennsylvania District Attorney's office. And they they have both the lawyers and the police. They have their own set of investigators. So I worked more closely with the investigators, and I just fell in love with that side of it. So that really told totally me where my calling was, if he, if I can say that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what aspect of 25 years on the job was most fulfilling because I know it's not easy I, and I couldn't even imagine what you've done or what you've seen, but how would you sum it up? What was the most fulfilling aspect? Why were you doing what you did?
2: There, there were a few occasions and probably what brought it home was there were people that you, you wouldn't see for years because they were locked up and you'd bump into them somewhere, you'd see them on the street or whatever And they come over and say, in a weird way, you saved my life. And I appreciate that because a lot of a lot of what I did was centered around uh, drug enforcement and and that sort of stuff. Having that, there's a lot of bad things that you see and deal with,
0: but the occasional really good things are what you hold on to. That's tremendous. And when I was asking the story about how you two met. I was really hoping, because I don't think I asked you this in any prior conversation, that it wasn't like, yeah, Melanie, I arrested her. <laughs> and thank goodness you were a property manager. Yes, um, agreed. Melanie, tell us a little bit about your progression from a career. I know you're, you still work full-time in addition to doing several other things. Can you tell us a little bit about your career progression? What did you study in school and what did you think you wanted to do full-time?
1: I started off in college, also at Penn State, as marine biology. I thought I wanted to train Shamu. Um, And then I realized that there is one Shamu and a lot of people (laughs) who would like that job. So after some soul searching, I switched to international business and a double major in political science. My father had always been political, so I always say it's in my blood, left college with Ironically enough, the intent of going to law school got sucked into a congressional campaign during the summer and kind of redirected my trajectory from there. So I managed political races full time. But in 2013, I left that for a short period of time to go back to the private sector. I needed some normalcy, right? One can only do so many Uh, pancake breakfasts and spaghetti dinners before they say, okay. Uh, So that's where I met John. But then in 2020, received a call from one of the congressional members that I used to work for, and he asked me to come back. So I got sucked back in.
0: Is it hard to maintain balance while having a full-time job and then also being an entrepreneur? Uh, I know, John, this is your full-time focus at this point. But Melanie, question to you then, is it difficult to maintain balance?
1: It can be. And it's funny, we were just at a conference in Vegas, Bart, where um, the make your bed guy, and I can't, Colonel McGovern, and he made a great statement. He said, people who say that you don't have, or you need to be able to take a day off or focus on X, Y, and Z, right? He said, you will sacrifice something. I don't care who you are. At the end of the day, if you're trying to be everything to everyone, there's something that gets sacrificed. And John and I have this conversation a lot, and I feel like we do a great job of communicating, hey, I'm at 80% today, I need you to come up with what we're having for dinner, or we prioritize how we communicate. Um, And some days do get crazy, right? We're up until midnight getting stuff done and just to turn around and wake up again at 4 a.m., But but we love it. And I don't think we would choose another... Yeah. Unless somebody wants to buy the company for $30 million <laughs> someday, then we might enjoy some
0: relaxation. But We'll we- talk about that. We'll have you back on the 200th call. So by that time, we'll buy it for $50 million. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It, uh, going back, John, you had shared a date night might be for you having dinner, bottle of wine, glass of wine, and a whiteboard. Have you both always been that way? creative? thinking about what's next, thinking about what problem can we solve?
2: I would say for me, yes. Given my experience, we were always tasked with solving somebody else's problem. Mm-hmm. So it was actually nice having something to redirect to. And then once I found myself in a position where I could transition into this full time, it became, it, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah,
1: And when John and I first moved in together, we did have this cheapo little whiteboard that on date nights, we would just pull out. And so we both sell real estate part-time as well, Bart. Mm -hmm. So it was just brainstorming different marketing ideas. And so we've always been the the couple, if you will, who, if we're presented with a problem, Mm -hmm. we are going to come hell or high water, fix that problem. No matter if it's in our personal lives or or business world.
0: Yeah, I, I really... I'm always looking for little snippets of what our guests say to be the title, and it's coming to be very clear about the creative process, and it is not solving someone else's problem. It is creating an opportunity in which together you're creatively figuring it out and taking action. Right, Go- going to bed at midnight, waking up before because it doesn't feel like work, that is doing. That is the growth mindset. That's what I talk about when I'm on stage. I'm so appreciative of people that are thinking that way. Had you thought of any other businesses in addition to real estate, in addition to police force work, in addition to congressional work? Did you have any other businesses prior to a way together?
1: We have another one that is on the back burner, Bart, just because we needed to focus and put our attention into a way together Mm -hmm. and not to get into the weeds. But a few years ago, John's father, who has recently passed, was diagnosed with dementia. Mm -hmm. And through that process and interactions with Michael, we realized that there really wasn't a, a product in the market to engage, right? We found ourselves walking into the room every single day saying, what did you have for lunch? And research shows that that asking those questions actually do a disservice to that person. So we did some beta testing and COVID kind of allowed our creativity to go in all kinds of different directions. So we created a beta product, started beta testing, and then Away Together started um, getting at sea legs. So again, unfortunately, it had to go on the back burner, but it'll be a focus here again in the future.
0: Yeah. First of all, John, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm like sorry for the loss. What is so special is that you continue to look for situations that are out there that can be fixed or solved or made better. So unique to have a couple that is dedicated toward doing that. All right. I do want to get into the aspect of a way together. When I read the story, when you shared the story about how it started, you're on vacation, a tropical storm in the Caribbean you're thinking, okay, wouldn't it be cool for us to be able to communicate with other guests? Um, When you came up with that thought, were there people that you met earlier that week during that trip that you're like, hey, look, John and Melanie were really cool. I don't know what room they're in because that would have been a strange question to ask. But we started having a really great conversation in the pool. And I'd like to continue that conversation. Or let's get together and put together a puzzle and meet in the lobby of uh, the resort. Was there anything that prompted? Were there other guests that prompted that thought of, I'd really like to get in touch with Bart and Terry?
1: Rose and Joe. Ah! (laughs) Ah! So Rose and Joe were from New York. We met him on our first day because we were, well, in truth be told, Bart, we got to the hotel. I was super stoked because they had this gorgeous wraparound pool and we get there and the stupid pool is completely empty. They're working on construction. So that very first experience was, it would be dramatic to say a punch in the gut, but I was like, oh darn, I was so excited. So then we met Rose and Joe because they were complaining about the pool. And then we met them again at dinner and just built that relationship. But yeah, that, that was definitely the case because during that rainstorm, we said it would be really nice if we could just text them or call them or message them and say, hey, meet us down in the lobby. Let's play a game of cards.
0: Yeah. And I guess the, the thought that there's privacy behind asking what rumor you in, uh, you want to make sure that you're respecting people, the confidentiality of where guests are staying. And maybe it would have been too bold to say, give me your number right? We want to connect with you. So the solution now that a way together, let me back up. Do uh, Rose and Joe, do they know it was because of the curiosity and getting to know them better or the desire to connect with them more? They
1: don't to- because we can't contact them because we don't oh, have yeah. any.
0: Together, you know? <laughs> if only a way together was started before 2018. Oh, that is so interesting. Can you explain a little bit more about the tool and how it works? Because as you had shared before, it is much more than just, and I don't want to say just, it's more than being able to communicate with Rose and Joe. How does it work? Is it an app? Is it a website link? How would you tell us more? So it's a mobile
2: app. app, You can
0: download uh, it from Google Play or the Apple App Store.
2: And essentially the way that it works is when you get to the location, you're recognized as far as being in the geofence. So that gives you access to whatever activities, excursions, whatever the surrounding area has to offer. Yeah. And then upon check-in, you scan a QR code and it locks you to that location. And that opens up the door so that the accommodation can communicate with you Hey, the beach barbecue had to be moved because of nesting sea turtles. So it's going to be on beach three instead of beach two, or whatever the case may be. Mm. And it's it's a simple push notification, even from the staff point of the, the hotel. They don't have to spend the time running around trying to notify people or sending emails. And it's as simple as sending a text message, and then everybody else on the platform within that 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 combination identifier gets that message. Very simple. And then, obviously, the guest-to-guess component, which operates very similarly. And what happened, and what we found, excuse me, I'm just getting over a cold, so I apologize. Um, what we found is that a lot of places have uh, social media groups that they operate under, and that's how people communicate, which is fine, but they're open to the public, aren't they? So anybody can join. So you can be talking to Mr. Smith at one teacher in Main Street. You can be talking to John Bucher in Northwest Pennsylvania. You don't know who you're exactly talking to. Uh, So we just started brainstorming as far as you know, what's a better way to do this. We've gone to the extent of designing with the the tech team, as most said we didn't do well trying to teach ourselves how to code. We've teamed up with a great company uh that that works side inside with us on the tech design to come up with a way to make it as secure as possible, but still accessible.
1: And really exciting news. We just launched uh, two months ago, the latest version of the application. To John's point, there's the hotel-to-guest communication, there's the guest-to-guest communication, and then there's the access to the greater location, historical, cultural, volunteer style of events that guests have access to in the the area that they're at. But now the application allows for translation. If Bart, you're staying at the same hotel in Mexico. You speak French. John is staying there. He speaks English, and I speak Spanish. The hotel's going to send out one message. We all receive it in our native language, and it—you don't have to speak the la- same language to play chess or go scuba diving, right? So, if you're simply just looking for a scuba diving partner, and I send it out in English, you speak French. We can meet up at noon, go scuba diving, and have a good time.
0: Yeah, in little things that you are doing like that. You are thinking one step ahead. Wouldn't it be great if I got this message and I don't speak French and I'm in France, wouldn't it be great to be translated? It is just so smart of both of you. And again, congratulations to you and your team because there are massively big companies out there that aren't thinking those details of wouldn't it be so much easier if it were translated?
1: I think, and I love that statement, part. I think when we, so you have things right now, like AI and virtual reality and all of that. And my personal opinion, people get so attracted to shiny objects yeah. and they start running with it. We need to integrate AI. We need to integrate all of this. And that's just not the way that the average consumer necessarily wants to interact with either their business or their travel arrangements. So we really have focused on keeping it customer discovery driven where we are always talking to people who are boots on the ground
0: love it love it and as you were just describing the experience of I'm checking in I scan the QR code I am in this secure network I can the hotel can communicate with me in my native language guests can com- can communicate with each other guests can communicate with a hotel through that the accessibility it is just such a smart thing. And I'm thinking there are so many applications and I know we had a discovery call months ago and I'm like, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? Yes, but we could think of this. It's almost, I'll just give you an example. I was uh, presenting at a SHRM conference, so Society of Human Resource Professionals, essentially in Vienna, and they had a really cool app and it was giving us notifications along the way. And it was really interesting. And I'll share it with you after we're done with this call. But it was a much bigger group, but it was related to the convention center and the convention. There's a book signing now in Salon B. The desserts are now out in Ballroom A. Those types of things. But it made things so much easier. Massive convention space, massive hotel, not a resort. Is are the would you say that the resort community is initially your first main focus because? Things aren't, nothing exists like
1: that. Yeah, our current focus is small to medium sized accommodations. And when I say that, we have an accommodation on board that has about 2,000 rooms. So we're a little bit lenient in that definition, but it's more so the companies that have multiple locations throughout their footprint, right? For example, if you own a hotel, if you're a hotelier, you own a hotel in Barbados, it is 72% likely that you also own a sistering location in like Aruba or Jamaica. And similarly, while we're focused on the Caribbean travel market, just because of the repeat guest uh, percentage, we launched a beta discovery in Saudi Arabia, which also they have a, a new and upcoming travel market, we'll call it. And then a few betas back home in the US at RV parks, right? So You pull in with your RV, you forget your kindling. It's 10 p.m. at night. Hey, who out there has some kindling? I can borrow just so I can start a fire tonight.
0: Yeah, it's such a great idea. And then I'm sure cross promotional opportunities. If I'm a hotelier, I own one hotel in Barbados and I own another one in Grand Cayman. There's probably messages politely that I can share to the guests that are experiencing my Barbados property to say, look, if you love the crab cakes here, why don't you try the conch in Grand Cayman? And here's a link to whatever, very politely and uh, respectfully, I'm sure. But cross promotional opportunities too. Um, the thing that you just shared about the RV park, and I shared with John and Melanie before that our family has a travel trailer, and things like that have happened numerous sure. occasions. We get there, and my wife we buy a nice bottle of wine for her and we don't have a wine opener and it is 10 o'clock at night. What do you do? Is she
1: (laughs) the (laughs) guy? Yeah.
0: And it it sounds even sillier than that. What she'll do is she will walk around and see who happens to be apparently having a good time, maybe drinking wine. And of (laughs) course, if it's already open, she might even come back with a different type of wine that a neighbor has offered.
1: But Uh, she could have just sent out it through the app, send out a message and you don't have to wander through.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah so one, of the, one of the big things that
2: we're encountering as far as like data is concerned is you've got a whole new generation of travelers coming into the to the market mm-hmm. being what I guess you'd refer to as Gen Zers who have mm-hmm. never walked on planet earth without social media, internet, and connectivity. So while some people give a little pushback so well, I don't carry my phone to the beach, that's fine. But the future is is starting to come, to come up with these younger travelers who expect it. Mm-hmm. We did we, we do some private events as well because it more so really easy. It was a friend that runs a local foundation has a golf outing, as a fundraiser. What we found was the younger people as it comes through the line while they're checking into the outing, they, oh, that's a great idea. Boom, they download it, no problem. The older people, some generationally, technology is a little more hands-on, but what we found is We've given the capability that if you do just want to go to the beach and read a book and you don't want notification necessarily, but you still want access to the dining menus or the event schedule or the activity schedule, whatever, you can just toggle on or off whatever features you you, want to use versus what you don't.
1: And John just brought up a great point, Bart. Through the application, the hotel can also post during COVID time specifically, the hotels were required to print their menus daily, throw them away, print new ones. Then it's an activity schedule change. Same thing. They're printing, printing. So sustainability is huge, right? And that immediate access for notifications. People don't care. I didn't write a bad review about the resort in Turks and Caicos because of the pool, but it maybe knocked me down a peg where they could have been a five star resort and it felt like they were a four star. So people understand when stuff happens, they just want to know about it before getting down to the pool with their pool noodle.
0: Yes. Do you both have any examples of? Local awareness: When someone is using a way together, they're using the app that they are discovering things that are are contributing to the local community. Might be a restaurant, might be an art shop. Um, ha- has do you have any stories to share with us?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So specific to the island of Barbados because this is the most exciting one. There's a location called Walker's Reserve, and their main focus is planting trees, just giving back to the environment. But they do have tours. And so the people there are fantastic. Their frustration is how the heck do we advertise to everybody that comes to Barbados? We're about sustainability, but it's not like we're going to be printing up flyers to hang around town. So they've had some success with the application because the second somebody sinks to their accommodation, Walker's Reserve is on our platform. So now travelers to Barbados see it as an option. And the best part, it's on the north side of the island. So it takes about 45 minutes to drive to, or take a taxi to, now other guests who are staying at the same hotel can say, hey, who wants to share a taxi to get to this place that nobody's ever known about? And even the locals don't necessarily know about Walker's Reserve. So it's really helped create that brand awareness. And it's
2: for a good cause. Yeah. And we specifically highlight and give pretty much free access for advertising for nonprofits, cultural, historical, social impact activities. I always pick on the jet ski guys. and I have nothing against jet skis. I love them. But ever, anybody can go to an island and find someone to run a jet ski from, right? Yes. But what you might not realize is that if you're a scuba diver, you can go on a scuba diving expedition, but you can also get a price break or sometimes even free if you participate in coral reef restoration activities. Wow. People just don't see that. You know, it's just not... in. As long as it it, it's not as advertised as the normal foresty stuff. So we've, put, we've, we've worked with mostly ministers of culture in the various islands to try, try to put something together that the normal person coming there enjoying the sights and sounds, but they want a more local feel to it, mm-hmm. just to be able to have access to, to that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, to feel the culture, to learn about the people, to... So truly experience it, right? But we're also not the people that go to McDonald's when we're in different places.
0: Yeah, just love the idea because you're giving exposure to local communities and local businesses more than ever before. They don't have to have a sponsorship on Yelp, as an example, maybe not a good example. They don't have to have ad space on Google. They can politely, professionally Advertise their services, especially if they're community based or environmentally friendly, through a way together. It's just such a smart idea. Uh, This has been phenomenal. I do have a few additional questions for you. A lot of our listeners are related to hospitality. Some of them are meeting and event organizers. Many of them are hotel owners or executive directors or founders of hospitality companies. If for those that are listening, yes, we talked about Barbados, but you also talked about a 2,000-room property, you also talked about, we talked about RV parks and and camps. Who would be a great potential partner, potential client to work with away together? How would you describe the setup?
1: So we've done a lot of due diligence, not due diligence, that's not the right word, but a lot of Careful thought process as we've created the brand and the, the name of the company away together. So far too often hotels spend $200,000, $300,000 creating their own individual app. And then if I'm not planning on going back to that place, I'm going to delete that application. So the goal of Away way together is a, a travel application that stays live on somebody's phone, right? That if they travel once or twice a year, they'll use it everywhere they go. So our target marketer, our perfect consumer is truly anyone who owns a hotel or a larger Airbnb that has multiple units to it, uh, RV parks, campgrounds, all of that. I know that seems like a really wide net (laughs) part, but it's truly applicable for anyone who has a community of people in travel. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. And that want the additional exposure, that want to be able to do... Promotional offers, communicate differently, communicate better, share local community, sustainability related events. There's just so much application for it. I I think it's really tremendous. And Melanie, you just described it as a travel application, and it's a lot of everything, it's a communication tool. In a travel application, as well as a sustainability communication tool, I, there are so many different aspects to a way together. It is really quite remarkable. Hey, um, I guess last question: Are there any unique connection stories that you've heard from any of your current customers or the current travelers that are just like, if we wouldn't have had this tool to be able to use, we wouldn't have been able to do this? Anything come to mind?
1: We had one that is most recent that is top of mind, but they were in St. Lucia, ironically enough. So we're in Mexico, Barbados, St. Lucia. We're launching in Jamaica in May, Bart, and then a few additional places back here stateside. But in St. Lucia, Jazz Fest going on, and they didn't know that there was a restaurant literally two blocks down from this location. So Mm -hmm. somebody else staying at the same hotel posted a picture of them at the restaurant and then they met up, they were able to share a taxi cab back to the hotel. So not life-changing, right? Mm -hmm. But it was just, it made their travel experience just that much better, if you will, right? They didn't have to go hunt down the restaurant on, to your point, Yelp. They didn't have to go hunt down somebody to share a cab ride with. Um, Just a a little tiny story, but uh, Mm -hmm. a little success.
0: Yeah, saving money, more convenience, more efficiencies. That's really what it's all about. With the data that you're gathering, do you have any future thoughts on maybe how to use it?
1: So it belongs to the hotels. So at the end of the day, the hotels, our goal is to, if you get back from Jamaica and you want to listen to reggae, right? We want you to pull up the Way Together app and live stream local reggae music to create that feeling of nostalgia, right? Travel is all about nostalgia, telling stories, feeling like you want to be back in the location. So now the hotel can send you an occasional message. Hey, Bart, we miss you. 10% off, get your butt back to Jamaica.
2: Uh Just to add to that, the average person, the average family, whatever, typically they'll save all year to go on on a trip for a week. So they want it to be special and they want to have a great experience. But to Mel's point... If we went to Jamaica a month ago and we're sitting in our backyard back in Pennsylvania and it's a nice night and say just want to have that feel to be able to experience the the local music or make a local recipe for dinner that night, just to keep that that excitement about you.
0: Yeah, the the feeling I'm looking right now at some photos that you have on your website and it is putting me into the mindset of relaxation. Uh, I started, I, I bought a little fountain off of Amazon the other day. So I have running water in the background. I'm now listening to morning birds on my speaker system because it's meant to be relaxing. I can incorporate all of that in looking at the visualization. It's creating how people feel. With vacations, the aspect of relaxation, connection, community, experiences, What you both are doing, Melanie and John, I think is just absolutely tremendous. There are so many different applications. I encourage people to check out your website, myawaytogether.com or download the app. I just want to read a little bit more because this hit my heart very strongly. Your mission at Away Together is to provide technology that allows for efficient and safe communication performed in real time that enhances the guest experiences Me coming from the hospitality world, anything that's out there to enhance the guest experience and not detract from it, using technology to build relationships, not break them, I think is just so incredibly unusual. Well done to both of you. If they would like to learn more, is there anywhere else that you would direct them? Or is the website the best way?
1: Website's the best way, Bart. John's email is on there. It's john at together.com or Mel at mywaytogether.com. But yeah, the contact info is on there. And I will say this, Bart, we will not turn down a meeting with anyone, literally. We are the people that believe you can get a piece of advice from a janitor or a CEO. And we just treasure relationships and, and want to build as many as possible. Even if it's somebody who's just interested in travel, please reach out to us.
0: Well done, well done. Again, I'm so proud to be able to know both of you. Congratulations on what you are doing. It is a unique idea that is enhancing the traveler experience. I do encourage all of our listeners to please check it out. The name of the company is Away Together. The website is myawaytogether.com. Tremendous information, and you are helping to enhance the world. Melanie and John cannot thank you enough for being guests.
1: We appreciate it.
0: Thank you. And
1: congratulations to you,
0: episode 102. 102. Yes. woo-hoo, More to come. More to come. So yeah. thank you. It's awesome.